Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Mondays, so you know what we do on Mondays. It's Mondays with McCool, James McCool from Pay Dirt DFS, the co-author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. Just a programming note, need to note if you're watching, uh, there will be no uh, pregame show uh, Tuesday through Thursday this week. So no no show tomorrow, no show Wednesday, no show Thursday. I'm, I'm on a little little vacation, uh, a wrestling vacation. I'm, I'm going to go on a couple of wrestling events. So uh, traveling, uh, spending time with my wife's family a little bit. So I'll, I'll be back on Friday. So if you show up, on t- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I mean, you can't show up. There won't be a YouTube video for you to show up, but that's that's where it is. I'm not I'm not gone. No one canceled me or anything. You know, it just uh, you know, sometimes you have to take off. So uh, so no show Tuesday through Thursday. But uh, I still see you guys here in the YouTube chat. So feel free to give that thumbs up. Give me some thummy thumbs. I got, I got the apple juice. I even got the apple juice. Keep the apple juice cold. Hitting those thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. So, James, uh, I played 24 lineups yesterday. And uh, uh, more than half of my lineups uh, had uh, Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. Right. And a third of my lineups had Chase Edmonds. Uh, I didn't do well. So you had a, you had another week where you got dusted. Uh, no, I cashed one line. Hey, okay. I cashed one. It was, it, you know, you know why? It why? was my, it was my single Nick Chubb one. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I had, I had my th- usual three lineups. I had a Raven stack. I had a Philadelphia stack and I had a Las Vegas stack. Uh, the Raven stack actually did really well. It put up 158. Um, but I did not have Nick Chubb in it. If I had Nick Chubb in it, then I would have finished like top 15 or something in the power suite. But, uh, I had Miles Gaskin and Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker finishes with one dude. No, he didn't finish. No, 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 no. James, he finished with 100, 100 yards twice. I know he did. I know he did. Just stop playing him at that point. Like, y'all have lost. It's okay. Or No, no, he got won. injured. No, he had a – basically what happened, he he ended up get, getting to a, a 100 and, 101 yards. Yeah. Then he lost two yards. Yeah. And then he gained he gained it back, had 104 yards, and then lost five yards on a running play that he got injured on. That is that's the worst. Questionable is, return, 99 yards. Yeah, I I had a, I had a bunch of Booker. Uh, yeah. I that that I I didn't play Lamar. I mean, I I played uh, my in my 24 lineups. I had Josh Allen. I had Dak Prescott. I had Teddy Bridgewater. The other side of the game. Sure. Uh, Derek Carr. And a little, a little, like maybe three Jacoby Brissett lineups. Okay. So cheap. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just the quarterback. It's the whole stack and everything. Uh, the main reason, and the, the guy I left out was Justin Herbert. He was like at the bottom of the list. Herbert, Allen, Cook. It's just that I, I wanted to use Goddard on the Eagles. Sure. But I didn't necessarily want to do a two tight end lineup with Cook and Goddard. Yeah. So kind of like I ended up cutting them out because I only had 24 lineups. If I had more lineups or I decided to remove a couple of lineups, I probably would have played Herbert instead. Yeah. But but you play Car Car Renfro Waller Tony or Car Renfro Waller Booker. Like that was fun. Then uh that Bridgewater, 
Judy, Alberto, Amari Hooper, you know, something like that. Uh, I played a whole bunch of Cortland Sutton. You know, you know, it sucks when you, when you play a whole bunch of Sutton and, and Judy and Tim Patrick is going off yeah. like there's no tomorrow. I'm like, really? Really? I got 4% Sutton. I got 8% Judy. And Tim Patrick is catching everything. Oh, dude, dude, dude. No, the Lamar Jackson throwing a pass to Patrick Ricard first and then throwing a pat, touchdown pass to there's, there's it, And I have I have 9% on Mark Andrews. 9% on Mark Andrews in my Ravens You cannot stack. complain about the Ravens stack. I can absolutely compare no, about because Andrews. at halftime it was dead. At halftime it was dead. And then Marquise Brown it has It was to not dead. There. It was not dead because Lamar Jackson is incredible for fantasy incredible for fans. No, I, I get the, no, the Lamar Jackson thing. I get like, he could have eight, eight points at halftime and ends up with 35. I get that. It's the Marquise Brown stuff. Marquise Brown this week was the Michael Pittman of last week, but he, oh, in, 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 in a different scenario, I, I, I don't, I don't understand this. I mean, I do, I do kind of understand. Is it, is it the simplest answer? Because last week with Mark, with, with Pittman, Pittman was a viable, like cash play. Like Pittman was in yeah. my pool of like guys, guys that should, could be in my cash lineup. Uh, but I chose other people instead. Uh, Marquise Brown wasn't like a cash play was, I mean, like, well, he wasn't no. like at 6,000, he probably wasn't going to make my cash. Line. I didn't have a DK cash line, but I didn't make a DK cash lineup. I just played GPPs, but in GPPs, I'm like, is the reason, cause we have him here. And the Mega Millionaire is 28% owned, Wildcat 25, the Millie, he's 28, play action, he's 27. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I don't know why. Right. But that's the point that it, I can, my conjecture is that the reason why he was that owned is because Lamar Jackson was 21% owned. And, and people just automatically went with Marquise Brown. Yeah, well, if you're going to stack Lamar Jackson, sure. you, right? You go, you stack Lamar Jackson. We had cheap tight ends, so you don't play Andrews. So I get, I get why you play with Mark Andrews. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not questioning you playing Andrews. Just that, that in my projected ownership for Marquise Brown was half of what he came in at. I had him at 13. percent Right. I, I, I never would have guessed. Yeah, I never would have guessed 28. percent But but the thing is, is that very similar to Pittman last week. At 14%, I had him over him. I, I had him. I mean, I not, him, not dramatically over him, but still, like, I think he should have been 10% on it, and I had him at 14. But at 20, like at 28, like, I've no, I've no, like, it's one of those things I, we, we talk about all the time. When you review the slate, you think in terms of, had I known, what would I have done differently? And had I known Marquise Brown was twenty going to be 28 uh, percent owned like it wouldn't have changed my decision i didn't play any of them so i'm like i when when the cards got flipped over at one o'clock and i saw 28 percent on marquis brown i'm like great okay that that my lineups are even better now that i don't have him uh but then he gets there and i mean he ends up he ends up getting 23 points and on this slate on a low scoring slate i mean he's the nuts right yeah i could say the same thing for nick chubb like I had Nick Chubb at around twenty-ish. Oh, I thought Nick Chubb was a terrible play. Well, not a terrible play. I won't say that. No, it wasn't. That he was, it wasn't terrible. No, no, I think the better I, I way to say is was, that I think he was overowned. I thought that he was fine. I thought he was okay, but like 
as a running back on a road underdog against a team that like has been very, very good and has been pushing teams into a passing script. I did not think that he was that great of a play. I thought he was fine, but I thought that he was fine. If he comes in at like 10 to 12% out, if he comes in at what he came in at, what was what? 23% or something. Yeah. 23% of the mega millionaire, 21% of the fantasy foot uh, in the, in the Millie. Like I took a look at guys like Booker and Jacobs and like Booker at like 13% and Jacobs at like eight to 11%. At, I mean, obviously they're cheaper. I thought, I thought they were at their ownership with better plays than Nick Chubb at 20 to 22%. And I, I also, I think the gas, like to me, I thought Gaskin was going to be more like 18 to 20%. And he actually came in at like 11 to 14. And like, yeah. I probably would have played a little bit more. I mean, I still played Gaskin. I was more in that range. Yeah. I mean, when, 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 when I have Chase Edmonds that gets injured on like the, the first play of the game in a third of my lineups, that's not going to go well with a point three. Yeah. Uh, so like I, what, what else? A 7% Chase Edmonds. I can't like, there's nothing I could say about that. Yeah. But like, I, I like Dalvin cook at 12%. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Aaron Jones is wildly overowned at 17%. I didn't expect that. I thought Alvin Jones would come in at single digit. Yeah. Aaron Jones, I, I had him at like 7%. But this is what weird. we're doing, James. I mean, but you, you do the same thing. Like, when the cards flip over, see what the ownership is and go like, how, how do my lineups look in comparison to what the ownership is? And that's why like, I, I take a, I can take a look at my stuff and I go, like I take a look at wide receiver and it's like, yeah, I, I, all the, I had Amar, plenty of Amari Cooper. I was playing a lot of that game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I have Amari Cooper. Uh, I have, uh, I have uh, uh, Jerry Judy was 9% not around the, like, I'm fine with that. Mm. Right. I think Kadarius Tony was a little bit over owned. He was more owned in the higher stakes than in the lower stakes. I but I had him as a piece of my, of my Raiders stacks, not as like a main piece. Yeah. Uh, I would play Higgins and Landry together mm-hmm. to mitigate their ownership. Brandon Cubs came in way higher than I thought he would. Dude. Uh, okay. No, no, no. Look, people in my discord were all about Tyrod Taylor. There, there had to have been some site that was pushing Tyrod Taylor. I had, I had like literally, literally five different people ask me if I wanted to play Tyrod Taylor. But what I don't understand. Why would you play Tyrod Taylor? When you could have, there, there's so many other cheaper. I mean, like, I, I think Jacoby Brissett was better, uh, was 4,500 is even way cheaper. I, I liked Tua a lot more than I liked Tyrod. And then Tua got, because I, I literally had a dolphin stack. And then Tua got ruled out. I was like, well, I'm not touching that anymore. But I, I had so many people ask me if I was going to play Tyrod and if I was going to play Jordan Love. And I'm like, well, Jordan Love, I didn't even get, I mean, I literally didn't even consider. No, neither did I. Neither did I. It, it was weird. It was weird. People were like clamoring for these cheap quarterbacks this week. And I'm like, there's not anything to pay up for. There's, there's not even anything to pay up for. You can use. You would have to basically, you're back. basically doing that. So you could overpay at running back and what so you could, you could overpay yeah. at positions for no reason. I, I didn't see any reason to do it. Like I liked Austin Eckler. He was my top projected running back, but like, I didn't feel that I needed to force him in. Like we have Eli Mitchell, we have Josh Jacobs, Vontae Booker, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaston. I, what? Why would I? 
I, I didn't get it. It on weeks where like if you have Christian McCaffrey who's fully healthy and not on a pitch count, and you have uh Travis Kelsey on a team that's better than the Chiefs, and you have like Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers, like weeks like that, okay. If you want to get a cheap quarterback so you can afford these ultra studs at really, really high prices, I get that, but I cannot understand why people were so adamant about paying down a quarterback this week. You have Lamar Jackson in, in a great spot. And granted, Lamar Jackson came in very, very highly owned, but th- there were, I, I'm, I'm going to go to quarterbacks really quick. No, I, I, I could look here at, I have it up on my screen. Quarterback ownership across, across these contests. Jordan Love was the third most owned quarterback. It was what Lamar. Then Josh Allen at 12. Jordan Love at nine. Then Dak Prescott, then Joe Burrow, then Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor was more owned than like you can't count like Mahomes and Herbert and Hertz. They're they're more expensive quarterbacks, but Love and Taylor were more owned. Like Brissett, where's where's Brissett here? Brissett was four percent owned. Tyrod was six. Jordan Love was not almost ten percent owned. But like, why couldn't you play? Look, Bridgewater was two. Daniel Jones was three. Derek Carr was four. These aren't like exorbitant price quarterback. We're talking about high 5K, mid 5K, like pay a thousand more and get a, a legitimate stack instead of, I, I, I don't know. It's weird. It, it was a weird, weird, weird week in terms of ownership and in terms of people asking questions about that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I, I don't, the, the, the problem is, like you said, let's say you play a cheap court. You play Jordan Love. Like who do you play him with? Uh, Jordan Love. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, you do something like that. Okay. Then what are you doing with the rest of your life? I mean, like it just, the ceilings of like, we didn't have many ceiling players no. on the slate. I mean, it's just a matter of just overpay. Like you're going to, basically you're, you're ending up getting to like wide receivers like Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase and uh, paying up for like Kamara or taking a shot of McCaffrey. Yeah. But the, the projections on these guys were not, I mean, yes, they have high ceilings, but in comparison to their price tags, like what what ceiling does does uh, Jamar Chase have that I can't get from Cortland Sutton? Right. Like like well, yes, Jamar Chase's ceiling is you know, two points, three points high. Yeah, but Cortland Sutton's fifty nine hundred, and Jamar Chase is seventy six hundred. Right. So it's like, do I do I need? Am I paying up everywhere? And also, who do you pair them with? I mean, like Tyrod Taylor, Brandon Cooks, like. Dude, these guys, you almost want a double stack. And like, who do you, Nico Collins? I mean, Jordan <laughs> Aikens? I mean, who are you playing in these spots? Well, I mean, and- the, the reason, the reasoning behind my court, like Jacoby Brissett and Teddy Bridgewater in my pool and Derek Carr didn't come down because like of the quarterback. It came down because, well, I'm if I'm playing Albert O and I'm playing the Cowboys, like, why don't I play the Denver stack on the other side? Why don't I do Bridgewater plus Sutton plus Judy plus O plus, you know, something like that with yeah. Zeke and Cooper's the run back. Okay. Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, even if you want to play like Daniel Jones right. plus Tony plus Engram and run it back with Renfro. I mean, because the skill position players yeah. are projected well and make sense. So just like these cheaper quarterbacks did not have like multiple guys in the game and, and like even Brissett, like Waddle, Gaskin, Gazicki, Yeah. Parker, not there. Seemed, seemed absolutely viable. Maybe you don't get more, more than 18 points at quarterback possibly, but if Brissett does do well, you know, the pieces that it, that it goes with. Right. 
It's just that with did Tyrod Taylor and Jordan Love, it is, just seemed like a stretch. Like Colt McCoy would have been one of those if we knew the Kyler news, you know, before yesterday. And people would have been, you know, Colt McCoying it up with uh, Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. But that, is, but to me, but but that makes that? more sense actually, because <laughs> Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore actually projected well, right? The game because there was no DeAndre Hopkins. I, I mean, you you looked no at Green. You, you looked at all of this, and and the cheap quarterbacks that you wanted to use. There were reasons with the skill players. That's the point that we're trying to make. Like right. with Derek Carr, I had a Raiders stack because there was no Henry Ruggs, so it it thins out the target tree. With Miami. The reason why both Jordan and I wanted to be on either Tua and he decided to go on Brissett is because there's no Devontae Barker. Like the skinnier target tree, we, we can make better assumptions about where those targets and where the workload is going to go. Even Dak Prescott, like that, when you have Amari Cooper at 5,700 sitting there, like maybe you don't play Lamb, but you could play Cooper. Elliott was projected well. You could play Dalton Schultz in your tight end yeah. spot as leverage. It's like, and also you have to understand that the Cowboys had a 90, a 29 and a half implied team total. The, the Raiders had a, had a 25 and a half implied team total. Uh, the, even after the Tua news, Miami had a 26 implied team total. Josh Allen obviously had a 31 implied team total. Now, when you play Josh Allen lineups and Dak Prescott lineups, and both the teams combined don't even hit either one's implied team total, that's going to be, that's going to be a problem. But really that, that's what it comes down to. I don't, I don't mind the cheap quarterbacks if you're able to bring highly projected players with them. But like Cooks was okay. Like Adams for the high end, Adams was like the worst projected player in the high end. That's why he was only like 6% owned. I, I thought that Devontae Adams was an interesting play in GPPs if you want. I, and what I said in my article was, I think that Devontae Adams is going to be low enough that the risk outweighs the ownership or that the ownership discount you get outweighs the risk of him doing badly if you wanted to do a secondary stack with him and Tyreek Hill or him and Travis Kelsey. That's right. At no point did I say stack with Jordan Love because you you didn't need to. You didn't need to take that risk. You didn't need to say that I, 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 it was so weird. It, was if, if, weird. it would have been a much different decision if McCaffrey was at full strength yeah, and and you knew he was going to get 95% of the snaps and if the Rams were on the slope, right? If Cooper Cup's sitting there at, at, at 9,000 or 9,200, then, okay, then we could start seeing it's like, okay, well, if I play Jordan Love, if I play Tyrod Taylor, if I do Tyrod Taylor, Brandon Cooks, and run that back with Miles Gaskin in that game, I could play Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup. And Christian McCaffrey, like then you could start making some lineups. Yeah, but it just it just seemed like like I don't think that I mean the construction. What I mean, even just from the results. I mean from the Sims, it didn't make sense either. But even just from the results, the pay down quarterback type of builds were, were that was not that was not the build to go. No, and I, I just want to uh, uh, comment on Jacob Calloway in the YouTube chat. Why the fascination with the ownership of individual players? We should be evaluating the ownership of our lineup archetype versus the field ownership of that archetype. That's absolutely right. But you, you have to start with the players. I mean, and combine them together and then combine and, them together. Right. What so we're like, trying, like, What we're trying to do here, Jacob, is we're trying to put together like 
we're trying to look at the individual ownerships and say, oh, well, this guy ended up being this highly owned, this guy ended up being this highly owned, and then work forward from that and say, that built this kind of lineup construction from the field. And you needed to be able to do this, which is why Albert O was this highly owned. The questions that, that we have, the reason why we're asking this question of like, why were people trying to pay down a quarterback is because if people are paying down a quarterback, that's going to force it. They typically do it to build a specific way in roster construction. If you're paying down a quarterback, it's to be able to afford studs at running back and wide receiver, especially if you're able to pay down a tight end. So when we're looking at these individual ownerships, we're not looking at the individual ownership because we care about the player. We're looking up at the individual ownership because we care about how that affected how people were building throughout the industry. I would think that a lot of the Jordan Love type of lineups have Eckler, Elliott, and Kamara in it. I would think so as well. And and and, and, and Tyree Kill to replace one of those, you know, like three of those guys. Like that was that archetype. Yeah. If you wanted to pay over 7K for two running backs – and a wide receiver, like that's that you kind of needed that. So, but I mean, in taking a look at this, I mean, with Stefan Diggs coming in at 14 percent, you know, 16 percent over compared on the contest. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not like the ownership of my uh bill stacks, like I'm not I'm not I'm not concerned about. I played Dan Arnold as a run back in some of those at tight end. He scored 10 points. He was 5% owned. Yeah. Like, is yeah. there a reason why Arnold is 5% owned and uh, Albert O is 21% owned? No. I mean, it's a little bit more expensive, I guess. Yeah. And that was kind of my thing with my Raven stack is I knew that the Ravens were going to be like relatively popular. I knew that I didn't, I did not think that Lamar Jackson was going to be 25% owned. And I did not think Marquise Brown was going to be 38% owned, but I knew they were going to be popular, but that's why I needed to surround them with some lower owned pieces. I used Mark. So who was, who was in your, who was in your Ravens lineup? Like that? So my Ravens lineup was Lamar Jackson, Devonte Booker, Miles Gaskin, um, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews brought it back to Justin Jefferson. And then I used the chiefs defense, which I didn't think was going to be as popular as it was. And I made a mistake on that. And I can acknowledge that that was a mistake. I did not want them at 29% owned, but then my secondary stack was Donovan people, Jones and T Higgins. Okay. And you're good. You, that lineup good that, right there. Uh, what, what, what size contest is it? What are you playing? That was power suite. So what? power suite, the main power 3, suite. Yeah. The main one, the main one, the main one, hundred K to first three. Yeah. That, that your lineup is good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. And and I even even because... even even over even under projecting the ownership. Like go th- like go like did you did you play Eckler in that lineup? No. Did you play Elliott in that lineup? No. Okay. So Chiefs defense and and the Lamar for Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown to be coming way over that what you thought. The and Chiefs, Chiefs coming way in over way over, but I, I knew the Chiefs was going to be popular. I knew I knew they were gonna be popular. I didn't know they were gonna be 30 percent out. Right. But it's mitigated, and Higgins was Higgins was owned. It was like 12% or something. Like right. That. Booker and Gaskin were owned, but they weren't owned to the level of Eckler and Elliott. Right. Not even close. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is 1% owned. Yeah. And and when when Landry is 18% owned. Right. So, and and I knew, like, as I was building this, even, you know, we, we just talked through all of the actual ownerships of these players, but looking at the actual leverage that I had with these players is important as well. Because I had leverage on Jarvis Landry with Donald, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I had leverage on all of the cheap tight ends with Mark Andrews. Right. I had leverage on Jamar Chase with T. Higgins. I had like I had all of this different leverage 
built into this lineup. On no, but it, but even even without that, those leverage points, the the total ownership of your lineup it was low enough. What no was, was higher than you thought it would be, but still lower low enough stretch. You by having by having no Eckler, if we go to let's say we go to uh, let me go to the power. Let's go to the individual contest. So the power sweep three entry max one hundred k to first. Okay, it's four thousand four hundred forty five entries. Yeah, did you cash in this? I did. I took uh, like ninetieth or something. I think. Uh, what's your what's your username again? Uh, it's uh, it's yeah, multi, multi. Okay. 126th. Right. Yeah, here we go. One, yeah. 158.94. So if we take a look at uh, the ownership of the entire contest, Eckler was 35% owned and Elliot was 26% owned. Yeah. Now, probably you projected Eckler to be 25 and Elliot to be 22, you know, something like that. 24 and 22. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good at projecting on You got this. Yeah. Right. So you thought that like by not playing Eckler, I'm dropping an Elliot, you're dropping a, a ton of ownership in your lineup. That's going to be there. And Elliot came in two points higher than you projected. And Eckler came in 11 points higher than you projected. Yep. Okay. So let's, so let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use this exercise because I think this is, this is a very. Uh, you you have your projected ownership in front of you. I do. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if you want to write down notes, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a score of right. the projected cool. versus versus actual. Right. Okay. So what did you? Okay. You had uh. You had Lamar in your lineup. What did you project Lamar's ownership to be? 17%. Okay. You projected 17. It came in at 25. Yep. Okay. So that's minus eight for you. Right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, you you had uh, Gaskin in your lineup. What did you project him owned? Uh, 15. And he came in at 15. I'm, not, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take the first two numbers. So yeah. to, who cares about it? Yeah, okay. I had 14.77, but like, we'll, we'll right, run. right. Yeah, just give me the first two numbers. Yeah. And you had Booker in the lineup. Yeah. Okay. What did you project him to be on? I had Booker at 14. Okay. He came in at 16. So that you got a minus two there. Darn it. Uh, then uh, who else is it? You got uh, Marquise Brown. What did you project him? <laughs> uh, 14. 14, and he came in at 32. Freaking two. So that's a minus 18 there. Oh no. Okay. Uh, then you got what Higgins in your lineup? Yeah, T. Higgins. What did you project him? I'm at eleven. Okay, came in at sixteen. That's minus five. Uh, then you had Donovan Peoples Jones. I'm assuming you had him at like one. Uh, or two. I had him at one. Yeah. One. He came in at two. Get minus one there. Uh, then you had Andrews. Yeah. Okay. What did you have him at? Ten. Okay, came in at nine, about the same, but you get yep. plus one there. Uh, who was your third? Who was your th- flex spot? Uh, flex was T. Higgins. It was. So, what's the next position player? What are we missing here? Hold on. I have Lamar, Devontae Booker, Miles Gaskin, Justin Jefferson. Oh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, what did you had him have him at? I had him at seven. He came in at 11. 
Minus four. And then the Chiefs defense. I, I didn't actually project ownership on Chiefs defense. Okay, you didn't, but it, no, I, I never just we'll, we'll we'll ignore we'll ignore defense then. Yeah. Okay. So based on this, on your on your total ownership, but we don't include defenses because yeah. you don't project defenses. Yeah. You have minus eight, minus two. That's ten. Yeah. Minus eighteen, minus twenty-eight, minus twenty-nine, minus thirty. So minus thirty-nine. So basically, your lineup came in thirty-nine points higher than what you ex- thirty-nine in ownership. Yeah, higher than what you expected. But now let's let's do this exercise. What did you have Eckler at? Projected. Oh, uh, 23. 23 came in at 35. So you're going to gain 12 there. What did you have Zeke at? Uh, 22. Okay, and he came in at 26. So you get four there. Albert O, what did you have, have him projected at? I had him at 15. Okay, and he came in at 26. Yeah. Okay, it's, I'm, and I'm doing it for the power sweep. So, like, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just looking at the numbers in comparison to the power sweep. Nick yeah. Chubb, what did you have him at? Had him at 14. 14. He came in at 24. Wild. Okay, Tyreek Hill was not in your line. 24. And he came in at 24. Hunter Renfro was not in your line. Go look for him really quick. 14. Okay, and he came in at 21. Brandon Cooks. <laughs> this, uh, nine. Nine. He came in at 20. Jesus okay, Christ. so we got Eckler in a running back position. We got uh, Elliott in a running back position. We got tight end Albert O. We got running back Nick Chubb. We got Tyreek Hill. Uh, let's see. Running back, Tyreek Hill, Hunter Renfro. These are wide receivers, wide receivers. Uh, what did you have, uh, Amari Cooper? 17. Okay, came in at 18, so that's one. Okay, so th- then then after that, I'm not going to count Aaron Jones. T- then, then it comes down to T. Higgins, Booker, Gaskin, guys that you had. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, I'm just taking the top chalkiest players that you didn't have. Yep. Yep. So we add those up, the top chalky players that you didn't have compared to your own projected ownership. Yeah. 12 plus four is 16 plus a, like that could be in your lineup. Okay. So that's why I only took like, like two running backs. If we take two of the running backs and a tight end mm-hmm. and two of the wide receivers or something, something like that like the top out of the bunch. So if we get rid of the lowest two, right? Yeah. So we're going to have a running back, because obviously you have to take a tight end because you didn't play Albert O as the chalkiest tight end. Right. You didn't play the two chalkiest running backs. Correct. And you didn't play uh, two of the, to the two chalky, uh, the second two chalkiest wide right. receivers. And the only reason you played the ch- most chalkiest wide receiver is because you stacked them. Okay? So 12 plus 11 is 23, plus 10 is... 33 plus seven is 40 plus 11 is 51. Okay. So you're gaining 51 points in ownership that you didn't expect. Right. Even though you lost out on 39 that you did expect. So the differential there is you're still to actual, you're still 12 points ahead in ownership, but we just do it this very blunt way of like, 
So it's not just a matter of, oh my God, I played, I played Lamar Jackson plus Marquise Brown. That was twice as owned as I thought it would be. Well, you all, I mean, Eckler and all these other guys were right. more on than you thought they were going to be also that you don't have. Right. And if they dud, you go up there anyway. So, so it's not just looking at, I mean, this, this is very similar to uh, Jacob's type of thinking of thinking in term of the archetype. What, what do these lineups kind of look like in general? And there actually was a way to build your lineup. That was even shot. Like imagine you you played instead you played Albert O instead of Andrews and instead of Donovan Peoples Jones you played Tyreek Hill. Yep. Then all this now now your lineup now your lineup is no now compared to actual it you wouldn't have like well you didn't play Eckler who's twelve points high like you wouldn't have made it up. Right, because I would right. have had so much from both from both of those guys. Right. That is a good exercise. Like right. That. I mean, it's a blunt way of doing it. I mean, there's a you and I mean, because you have to count all the ownership and everything. We like yeah. warmth sometimes, though. It forces it forces home the the idea very, very well. I mean, there's a reason why you learn really basic math before you learn calculus. You know, I, like the blunt acts, the, the blunt aspects of mathematics are still important. You have to understand where it's come from. Right. But I mean, but to me, this is this is the best way to review of like, had I known, would I do anything different now to you on an individual basis? Like we're getting back to J- uh, Jacob's point in the YouTube chat yeah. of like, oh, well, Marquise Brown was twice as own as I thought he would be. I shouldn't have played. him. No, well, look at your lineup in your lineup. It was still right. fine. Yeah. If, if you would, if I would have told you beforehand that Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson, if I only would have ch- told you the Ravens ownership. That lineup was still good. Yeah, I'm still playing it because I still know that I have Donovan Peoples-Jones and I still know that I have Mark Andrews. Right. And I'm fine. Right. If I gave you the actual ownerships for yesterday before you built your lineups, that lineup is still good. Mm-hmm. Right? Only because of the other pieces. Like, that's the that's the key point of, if you t- took a look at, we could, if we took a look at some other Marquise Brown lineups in GPPs, I'm assuming a lot of people may have may have said, I'm going to play Marquise Brown, and I think he's going to be lower owned than, than Amari Cooper. And I'm going to play Nick Chubb because I think he's going to be lower owned than Zeke Elliott. Like, you'd be right that Nick Chubb was lower owned than Zeke Elliott, but you didn't really get that much of an ownership discount on. Right. Right? And then you played Eckler with that lineup, and then uh, next thing you know, you're like, oh, my God, my lowest owned guy is, is Kadarius Tony at 13%. Well, and this is also Uh-oh. why you don't ever go into things and say, I'm not going to play this player because he's high owned. Ever. Right. It depends on the, the, the once you once you started, once you put in Jefferson and Andrews and DPJ. Like it doesn't matter at that point. I'm good. Right. It doesn't matter. You're done. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> right. Well, and apart from that, as soon as I didn't play Austin Eckler and, and, and Albert O, like I'm mostly fine. I, right. And I, even 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 though you're playing the 29% on DSD, which we all know objectively, uh, you, chalk DSDs are not. That, that one I saw. And if you'd have told me that the Chiefs would be that high owned, that is, I, I feel badly about that. So many defenses put up good scores today. I know. And Except I for the 49ers who are, who are the second most owned defense. I had, oh no, I, I actually, my, my defense has sucked yesterday. The Chiefs put up 11. It was last week. Or last week. I had two of my good defenses that were low owned 
like they, they did well and they were only like 2% owned. And then the one that was the highest owned defense that I had was terrible. I swear to God, like if you can just take the highest owned defense out of your player pool, just do that every week, every week, just, uh, just don't even play it. For GPP, obviously. For GPPs, yeah. Right. But but in your type of lineup, even with a 29% on defense, that was fine. still fine. Yeah. Right, still fine. So it's yeah. still it's lineups, not players. Yep. Can we go over our everyone's favorite segment on the show during NFL? Oh yeah, yeah, this one's fun. Of the the, the high the high projected guy that you have that I think you're absolutely nuts on. Yeah. Hey, can I can I can I guess who it is? Yeah, sure. You get three guesses. Go for it. Okay, I get three guesses. Yeah. But uh, did did okay? I have I have pre precursor. Uh, did you have Kyler already projected at? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, did you have uh, James Robinson already projected? Out? Yes, I did. Okay. So everyone that was projected out, you had projected. I, yeah. Yep. Okay. But that ended up being out. Wasn't the type of thing that three hours from now you switched up stuff. No. Uh, no. My first guess is going to be Ron Delmore. No. He's not the guy. It, it, or him or Christian. It's Is it a Cardinal? It is not a Cardinal. No. Okay. I, okay. That, 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 that would be my first guess. Uh then let's see what, what my next, what my next guess of did completely overprojected guy that I think you're nuts. <laughs> uh, I don't know who, who would be that far. I mean, it may be someone towards the top that just did like I had highly projected in my aggregate. You just had him way higher. No, uh, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's some, it's somebody that you would have had projected for. I'm going to guess like, like eight points. Oh, really? It's that it's that, yeah, it's one of those this week. A guy that I would have had projected for eight. What position? Wide receiver? Wide receiver, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go down. I, I, I find this fun. I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna look my my RGV and then go down to even lower. What what I mean, I'm assuming I'm assuming we're talking about like a 4K receiver. Yeah. Is it Brian Edwards? No, I did like Brian Edwards, but it's not Brian Edwards. Is it, is it Brandon Ayuk? It is not Brandon Ayuk. I wish that it was. Am I, am I, am I, clo- am I around, hovering around the right spots? I mean, if, 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 the people that I've, I've mentioned are, is, is the person you're talking about is even less talented from a real life perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's even less talented. Hold on. Okay, now, sort, now, sort. You're gonna have to, now you have to tell me if it's, uh, is it Jamal Agnew? No, I did like Jamal Agnew, um, <laughs> but it is not Jamal Agnew. Is it Nico okay. Collins? I mean, I, I'm now absolutely I'm not. It's not Nico Collins. Is it? Is, don't tell me it's Robbie Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not Mike Leone. Um, sort sort by fantasy points really quick, and then go down to like to to ten and under, and we're just gonna. See. I was. I was. What? Well, I was looking at that. Oh, yep. I see him. Nope. Go down. Yeah. It's on the screen. Yeah. Oh, don't tell. Oh, is it Russell Gage? No, you're highlighting him. It's Donovan Peoples-Jones. Oh, Donovan Peoples. Oh, okay. It's the guy that you played. Oh, okay. It's obviously. Yeah, of I, I should have I went through logic that you actually yeah. you played. Yeah, I would actually play the person who I have projected like God. I had him projected for 17. <laughs> come on. You know that's wrong. He scored 17. Yeah, but you come on, you know that projection is not that's the not that's his ceiling projection, not his medium. It was, a, it was the same thing as Quez Watkins. It was the same thing that happened with Quez Watkins. We're like the A dot and then the increase in usage because of like the player being gone on a team that I think is going to be like 
in a spot where they need to pass. It was all of those things. It was the exact same situation as Quez Watkins. And it just turned out to be Donovan Peoples-Jones this week. And he was, he got tackled on the two. So he almost had a two touchdown day where he puts up a Cortland Sutton score when you called me insane for that one too. Yeah, I, I, ha- I have him here in my aggregate at 7.36. Yes, I see that. Yeah. Right. So, like, <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones would get into, like, every li- – I mean, at his ownership, he would end up being in, like, every lineup that I have. Yeah, I had him at efficient ownership of, like, 12%. Because, like, I did have – his range was wide. Oh, yeah, so, no, I, I, I agree. High-variance play I'm, – I'm yeah. I, I, I have no – I have no qualm on the, the, the playing Donovan Peoples-Jones in GPPs just – Oh no, I know where your qualm lies. I get it. Right. And and I did write in my in my article as well. It's like Donovan People Jones, and I even said it is the weird projection of the week. I've even incorporated this into my own content over at Pater. Uh, and I said he projects very, very well, but the reason why he projects well is because of a large A dot, which comes with a lot of variance. So don't lock this guy. But I cert- I'm gonna use him in one of my single entries. And then, you know, if if what I wanted to do originally because when i build out my single entries i i or when i build out my three max i identify the games that i want to have exposure to based on position players that project well and based on the quarterbacks that project well so i knew that i wanted something with t higgins so that means that i'm either going to do a secondary stack with him or donovan people jones so that means i'm either going to do a secondary stack with him and t higgins or i'm going to stack cincinnati and i'd have been fine stacking cincinnati but like the pieces just didn't fall together the way that I wanted them to. And there were other stacks that I liked a little bit more. And in order to afford the Ravens stack with Mark Andrews, I needed the salary savings of Donovan people Jones in that lineup. So in order to build that out, like Donovan people Jones only ended up in one lineup, even though I'd have been okay with stacking Cincinnati and bringing him back as well, but I needed his salary savings in that Ravens lineup. And if I wanted to build like, I don't know, like a Bills lineup, I would have had to have him in that lineup in order to make it work. There would have been no other way to make that work. So um, that that's just kind of how I build out those three stacks. And that's why when I write with things like Donovan People-Jones or Quez Watkins, it's either going to be a part of the stack that I like, or it's going to be a secondary stack in one of my other really, really expensive stacks because I couldn't possibly do it without it. Uh, I want to do this exercise now that we're talking about similar to before. Yeah. Okay, I locked in. If you see in my uh, lineup HQ, based on my aggregate projections, yeah, and RG ownership. Okay, uh, I have your lineup from that the power sweep. Yeah. Okay. Now for me, yeah, it comes in at one thirty one point two two as a median. Cool. With one twenty seven point five percent ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would not make the this lineup would not make the cut in comparison to my lineups. Sure. Uh, but. I'm not looking at these. I'm looking at these numbers, not at your numbers. Right. So, uh, for instance, let's let's do the same exercise we did before. Yep. I want to do these exercises because I this is something these that people should be doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, comparing to actual. Comparing. You know. Now, because now we're not going to compare to actual. We're just going to compare between me and you. Yeah. Because remember, I I look at this lineup and go. How do you play this lineup? It projects too low and it's too high owned, but to you based on your numbers. And then if, if your numbers show that it's a viable lineup, then I understand why you played them. And then if we want to argue that my numbers are better than your numbers, that's a different story, but from a decision-making perspective. So Lamar Jackson 
you had projected for. So what was your median projection for Lamar Jackson? 34. Oh, what? Median? Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the first, just give me the first two numbers. So 34 is the first 34. two. Yeah. We're just going to just say whatever the first. So, so you're plus eight on me there. What's his ownership? Projected uh, ownership. 17. Okay, I have him at 15.9. So sure. uh, you have him at a two, two points higher ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaskin, median, first two numbers. Gaskin, I had 13. Okay, I have him at 15. So you I had him at 15% ownership. Okay, so you had him at, at a 13-point projection. Yes. Okay, so that's minus two to me. And what was his ownership that you had? 15%. Okay, and I had him at 22 so to, uh, that's uh, minus seven. So we're doing a comparison to mine. Okay, yes. I just want to make sure I do the pluses and minus. Uh, Devontae Booker, projection. Uh, 16. Okay, so I, you're uh, one point higher than me. And ownership. 14. And you're three points lower than me. Uh, Marquise Brown, projection. Yeah. Uh, 15.5, so 15. Okay, I'm minus one on that. And uh, ownership, you had him at what, 14? 14, yeah. Yeah, and I am at 18. So plus four for me. Higgins, projection. Higgins, 15. Okay, same. And ownership? 11. I had 12. Plus one here. Donovan Peoples-Jones. 17 17 so you're um, plus uh a minus 10 yeah now you're my okay yeah no, both I, have at 1% ownership so no i just have to make sure i get the pluses and minuses right yeah you're plus 8 you're plus 10 you're on higgins you're i just want to make sure you're plus 2 on ownership you're minus 7 you're minus 3 you're plus 4 you're plus, okay you're uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you probably have projected for what? 1%? Yeah, 1%. Yeah, so about the, about the same. Yep. Right? Okay. Andrews, projection. Andrews, 16. Same. Uh, no, no, I've been at 13. So you're yep. plus three. Ownership? 11. I am at plus uh, I had 13. So that's minus two. Jefferson, projection. 16. Same. And ownership? Seven. Okay, so you're meant for a l- little bit higher, plus three. And we're not going to do defenses since you don't project yeah. defenses. Right. Okay. So from my perspective, uh, this lineup is 131 at 127. Yeah. 127. But now if we add all the numbers of your projections, differences – and the ownership differences from that. So the projection difference would be plus eight minus two, which is six, seven, seven, six, plus 19 on me. And then the ownership difference would be two minus five minus eight minus seven minus three, about minus two. So yeah, yep. You would your 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 projection because primarily because of Donovan Peoples Jones, yeah, and maybe a little bit on Lamar because that's thirty four as a as a median. 
your lineup, if I saw it on my screen with your projections, mm-hmm. I would have it as a lineup with a 150 median at a 125% ownership. Sounds and it would pretty much beat all of my lines. Sounds about right. Yeah. But I mean, it's primarily geared by a horrible projection from <laughs> a $4,400 player. But, but that's yeah, but, 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 but that's the reason why I said if I had Donovan Peoples-Jones at 17 median at 1% ownership, he would have made all my, I mean, like I could, it would have been one of those things where I, I can't, pit, Matt, I can't miss out on this. He would have ended up being, if I, in my 24 lineups, I would have had him in 20 of them. But also, I would have also realized that the projection is probably wrong if he's only 1% owned. Right? Sure. I mean, from, from a perspective of who's more likely to be crazy, me or everyone else in the world? It's probably everyone else in the world. So, hold on. Building it up in my own builder here. Okay. So I had it as after building out, I had it as a positive leverage of 6.5%. Depending on how you calculate that. I mean, that can mean anything. Right. So, but, but, like as I am like speaking towards that, the way that I build out the roster construction tool, what I tell subscribers to do is try to aim for something between five and ten percent positive leverage on okay. this roster construction tool. So it was positive there. Um, the combined ownership was, yeah, significant. It's obviously positive, but I mean it's primarily geared that I think your Jack. Even if we say that your Jackson projection is off by five, sure. Even if we say your DPJ projection is probably off by, by let's just one. say, by, <laughs> let's just say, let's maybe you project him at 11. So let's say by six. Sure. sure. So we drop this by 11 points and we still get to like 139 yeah. at 125. And you're still in range. You're still in a decent enough range. Yeah. I mean, you're probably over projecting DPJ, but if, if you project like, if you projected him for nine and, and even you add four more, if you get this projection into the 135 to 137 range mm-hmm. for the for the power sweep type of contest, yeah. I still think it's a playable. I think there are better, I think I still think there are there are better lineups than it, but I still think it's a playable, passable, possibly plus EV lineup. Yeah. Even at that. But obviously, when you have a 17-point projected player at one for I mean, for that like. All of the EV comes into that 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 number being correct. Sure. Yeah. And so if you were building out, if you were building out your lineups and you saw the same numbers, you would think that it would you would think that that exactly exactly. Yeah. But that's the that's the that's the point that that we're making here. Yeah. This this is how you review slates. Like uh, Bob Bay says, uh, like uh, no your lineup only works because of his uh, of your over projections. No different than if someone builds a bad lineup that wins. So let's take a look at at uh, the lineups in the pa- other lineups in the Paris League. But without their numbers, right. how would we know what the hell's going on? Right. Versus right. That, but that that's the that's the point. Like you can only make the decisions that you can make. Right. I'm using an aggregate between Blitz RG and a bunch of projections around the industry because that's what most people would be. If you sign up for Roto Grinders, you get our projections. You sign up for the Blitz, you get. You can only make decisions based on that. So unless you're building your own model, right? 
then like you build you build your own model and then you make a lineup decisions from there without seeing what a, what a, a, an opponent projected mm-hmm. from a player and own and the projected owners of a player i i mean there are plenty of times in in nba especially if like you know someone gives someone four extra minutes that i take a look at a sharp player's line like i look across the board on 20 different sharp players and one player has this three percent owned guy in 68 percent of his lineups mm-hmm. and the guy only plays 16 minutes i mean like and it wasn't even good and the point is, like, how did that guy get 68% of that guy? It's like, well, it's most probably because he had him projected for four more minutes than everyone else, and he got jammed into the small forward spot mm-hmm. in a bunch of lineups. Did that make him wrong? No, because there are plenty of times that one one of them has a guy in 68% of the lineups, and the guy ends up playing 28 minutes, and you go, how did that guy know? Like, I had a discussion yesterday with a subscriber in Discord about Bobby Portis. And because I had Bobby Portis projected for 22 minutes and that was about industry standard. Right. Um, but it, but that, the range on his minutes could have been like 18 to 20. I mean, it could have been way more or right. way less. But the discussion, because I, I said like, cause I, I faded him because I didn't, I didn't like what I was seeing for when I looked into the game logs. Um, and, and I faded him and one of the scri- subscribers was like, yeah, I have like almost hundred percent. It's like, how did you have like, on, like, even if you liked him, even because he projected around 23 to 25 across the industry, even if you liked him at 22 minutes, I, I didn't understand how he had hundred percent. It was like, Oh, and well, because you projected really well for me. I'm like, how, how many minutes do you have him projected for? I have him for 22. He said 28. I'm like, okay, now you understand That's why. Right, okay. Like, yeah. Of course you're going to have hundred percent now. Cause you project for like 32 or 33. But, but, or but the big difference, like I, I, th- I, I want to stress it again. What you said, what we said right there with the Bobby Portis thing. There's a difference between arguing and debating a projection. Right. And then debating a decision. Right. That you make based off of information. So if you're someone that builds projections and builds and says, I think this guy is going to play X minutes. I think he's going to have this usage. Then we can have all the discussion we want about why do you, why do you, well, I'd put Portis at 28. You would Portis at, at uh, 22. Why? Well, based on these rotations and like now we're talking basketball, but I don't focus on basketball. I'm, I'm focusing on inform- the people that know basketball already are, already have all those numbers. They're giving them to me. Right. People that know NFL are already giving it to me. Now, James, you're one of those people. Yeah. Now, when you're wrong on a projection, when, like in Donovan Peoples-Jones, which is high, highly overprojected, Yes. You're not looking you you know you're not looking at the rest of the field going, wow, these people are stupid. You're no. just saying like maybe maybe you shouldn't be 17, but I'm going to he, he's my flag plant. He's a little bit he's a, I'm going to take advantage of a recent trend and hope I'm right type of place. If you had to choose between a whole bunch of if you want to take dart you know like I want a dart throw in my lineup. Landry's going to be owned. I'm going to play DPJ as leverage. You could have said the same thing for Tyler Boyd for crying out loud. You could have said the same thing for Nico Collins as leverage off of Brandon Cooks. You just happen to choose DPJ. But the right. most important factor is not whether or not the projection is right, is is accurate, or is anything like that. Is were the decisions that you were making in cons- consistent with the information that you were looking at? Because that's all anyone can do. So in the instance with Bobby Portis, 
if that if you're if you're if your buddy had Bobby Porter's for 28 minutes and decided to fade him because he thought he would be chalky, like that would be the incorrect decision because at a 28 minute projection, he should probably have gotten into like almost every lineup that you make. Right. Uh, but at 22 minutes, he wouldn't. The, what's the, the decision is more, oh, at 22 minutes, Bobby Portis may actually be over-owned. And at 28 minutes, Bobby Portis is massively under-owned, even though he's going to be, even though he's going to be chalky, he's, he should be 80% owned at right. that point. But those are the only things that you could like, what you could control is the decisions that you make. Right. So, so unless we want to sit here and argue about projections, which I find boring, especially since I don't make my own. Right. All I could do is go, hey, around the entire industry of smart people, they didn't have Donovan Peoples-Jones that highly projected. And you could right. agree with that and say, uh, I'm playing him as if that's the, okay, whatever. But it's, but it's not like you were building that lineup going, like if you had him projected for 18% ownership because you think that, that everyone has a 17-point right. projection for him, that would be wrong, right? right. Like, like that, to me, that's the wrong thing to focus on projections you know that there's i mean i think that's crazy to have that type of projection on him but to have a discussion about that seems how does that help anyone right that doesn't and what what is more prescient i think and you know you and i won't have these discussions because you hate talking about how projections are built but if Derek cardi and i were to have this discussion of like why did Derek cardi project him for eight fantasy points and i projected for 17 I could point to my baselines and I could say, he's done this. He has this market share. He has this for his expectation. He has this for why I think that they are going to be doing this much passing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We could have had that discussion. And then at that point, you can talk about projections are built, but saying that using a projection source builds a bad lineup, bad is subjective to the projection source. So if you think like, it, it's just rehashing the same point that that Blender just made. But if you see a different projection source, you won't ever make the same projection or the same decisions that I will using a different projection source. Right. And that's why it's, that's why it's tough to just look at a specific individual lineup and go, well, what were they thinking here? Because most of the top players aren't putting in lineups as mm, I'm going to play this guy and then I'm going to play that guy. They're building lineups based on some type of mathematical method. Right. So it's like they're they're not even looking to put in guys one at a time and go, well, they thought this and they thought that. Like, dude, there are plenty of times uh, sharp plays, including myself, play 150 lineups and are am under on a lot of the, the overall plays. And the, the, the one and I I went fifty thousand dollars on a lineup where I only have two of a guy. Right. It's like it's like, oh, what did you see in that? Guy? No, actually, I he just ended up in that. I mean, like. It's one of I always go back to the Garrett Temple thing. It's like, what did you see in Garrett Temple when he puts up forty-seven points for thirty-four hundred? I go nothing. He filled a small forward spot, and I was <laughs> playing a bunch of lineups, and I was playing two guys from the other side of the game. So okay, then that he was better than Jetty Osmond or whoever else in that range. So right. like, what there's to me, there's no point in going over that. I'm more likely to go over sets of lineups, portfolios of lineups, because I have to think that if we take a look at at a, at a contest like, uh, let me, let me, let me get to NFL. If we look at the contest, like the, the Millie or something like if I, if I go to the, you know, I'm less likely to look at, Oh, let's take a look at the top lineup. I don't, what do I care? I want to, I want to look at the sets of lineups 
that good players have made. Right. Right. So I'm going to look down. I'm going to find someone that, you know, that, that I recognize or whatever. And I'm going to see, let's see, Dark Mantle look or something. Okay. I can see that. Uh, so I look at Dark Mantle looks lineups and it's like, okay, what, what did he do? So I look at the quarterbacks and it's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. Uh, basically no love, no Taylor, no Brissette. So what does this tell me? Based on his lineup constructions, he was paying up. At qu- he wasn't paying for the cheap quarterbacks. Right. Right. So I could look at that. Right. So I look at running back. Without seeing the whole lineup, this isn't going to do you any good. But just to see, is there anything that he's dramatically above or below the field, which could identify one of two things, either on their end with their information, they had him them lower projected or higher on. So it's going to be one of the two. So if I take a look and I see like he had Chase Edmonds for eight, he had 18% Chase Edmonds, which is more in line with kind of where I was going with it. Right. Only 0.3. So most likely he had him Chase Edmonds for a higher projection than the field had him and had lower ownership, which is very similar to how I had it. Right. So I look at that and go, okay, I got look through there. And then I look through wide receivers, Rondell Moore, 26%. Now some of this could be late swap stuff. Right yeah. to take advantage of the, the, the Kyler news, but at Renfro, Cooper, Diggs, Beasley, right? Marquise Brown. He was under a Marquise Brown. Yep. Even though he had eleven percent Lamar, but I have to assume, based on rational decision, that probably he didn't have Marquise Brown high, higher projected, and and he had him higher owned. He had a more Kadarius Tony, but an eleven percent owned Kadarius Tony is much different than an eighteen percent owned Kadarius okay. Tony. So, like, looking through this, I could see those types of things. Construction types, projection versus ownership types. Right? I take a look at this, and I go, you know, okay, Andrews, he had more of. Right? Tommy Sweeney in his Josh Allen stacks, because why should Tommy Sweeney be seven uh, 3% owned when Albert O is going to be 14% owned? So, you could look through stuff like this, and that's just that's just for Dark Manilook. If I go to, like, all these 150 entry players, pick out a bunch that I, that I look at all the time. Right. I look at Royal pain. Right. Right. He had a ton of, you know, a ton of Patrick Mahomes probably had Pat and probably had Patrick Mahomes for his projection at 5% on probably worthwhile to play. CD lamb at 4% on now, obviously Royal pain probably did not do very well. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, but that's not, but the, you see the point of like, I'm not looking for the best lineups. Right. I'm looking for the best players. I want to study the sharp players, no matter where they. I would always do the same thing. And I would always go look at Utical. I'd look at Brandon Adams. I would look at Mach Lovin and I would look at um, E Hafner. And those were like the four that I would usually look at. I'm looking, I'm looking across the board right here. So I got dark Mantle, Royal pain, Utical and Corfield E Hafner. I'm just like going, going on field ownership here for the Millie. Look at look at look at Royal Payne two percent on Eckler. Yeah, so he used that primarily as a leverage point, like Cooks barely any. But yeah, E Hafner, like take a look at this. E Hafner has almost half his lineups with Brandon Cooks and Mike Gesicki. Yeah, which means he he found that game to be underowned or it was a mistake. It's quite possible you talk to E Hafner. He goes, "I was playing Brandon Cooks, and I had him projected five percent off." Right. 
Yeah. He came in at 21 and then it, the cards flip up and he looks and he goes, whoops. Yeah, he looks like, ah. Oh. Right, because that, hap- that happens all the time. Right? You look up and you go, whoops. I, I, I had a different number because why would you get 47% of Brandon Cooks? Either because you had him higher projected or you had him projected lower owned. Yep. So that's all I'm doing is comparing that to, to that and the construction types. So Royal Payne had almost none of the, the Dolphins game and E. Hafner had all of the Dolphins game. <laughs> and my concern is not, did they think the Dolphins game was good? Like that, I don't care about that. I care about how did they get to this decision? Because these are rational, sharp players. So either either Royal Payne had that game projected much lower when two, especially when Tua got ruled out. Right. So maybe Royal Payne said, Tua's out. I'm lowering my projections. And I think the field is going to be over. I think the field isn't going to adjust for it and still act as if Tua's in. So ends up being under. Maybe E. Hafner thinks the complete opposite thing goes. With Tua out, the projections don't change much. Or they Actually, maybe they go up and the ownership may start coming down because people don't want to play with, like, it's the complete opposite of what one person thinks. That the, how the field is going to react dramatically changes how much they play of a player and what types of lineups they have. So to say one is right and one is wrong is that's not what you're looking for. You're looking, how did these players think? How did they get to their decisions? And it's much easier to see that on a 150 lineup basis because they're building a lot more lineups. So you can see what m- more types of lineups are they building. You can study right? their portfolio. Right. But one is wrong. To say one is right and one is wrong, if we just looked at the top lineups, if I just take a look at top corner, the top 150 max player in the milli, and I looked at this lineup, he left 1,100 on the table, had... Herbert plus Allen uh, and no Philadelphia run back had Cook, Singletary, Marcus Brown is a one-off, Waddle, Ar- Ar- Arnold and Singletary was kind of a secondary stack, this, and this James Conner is a one-off, <laughs> and the Giants defense. Like, you take a look at this lineup and you go, what do I learn from? I don't know. Nothing. This but lineup was exposures. Right, I can look at right, right. If I top coin, like now, look and look at this lineup. I don't know what this means. Like, I don't like. How did you get on this? Like, I don't know. This could be the only lineup he has Keenan Allen in. Who knows? So let's say I'm going to go to top corner now. Okay, toggle full screen. Let me get rid of these. Probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, on all mistake. We've all. I was going to click on all. Okay, okay. That I thought that was going to take forever. Top corner, right? So I take a look at this. Get rid of dark man. A look. Okay. Go by go by field exposure. <coughs> look, Marquise Brown was only in seven percent of his lines. Right, Kamara, Chubb. Like what was it? What was in that winning line? Wait, James Conner. Three percent of lines. Three percent. He had a lot of Edmonds, I believe. Right. Yeah, Thirty-eight percent Edmonds. That I'm assuming was just so- a hedge. It was just a right. Hedge. It was just a hedge, or he swapped, or just like after the Lake, he said, "I'm going to switch some of these, some of these to Conner." What? Who else? Who else was it? Let's let's take a look back. Devin Singletary. Right. So we have Denville Singletary here. 
Let's take a look at Singletary. Six percent of line. Okay. What about Moss. what about uh yeah? Lost eighteen percent of line, right? Like he was big on that game. I mean, it was just a matter of the game. If we take a look at his own, like Edmonds, thirty-eight percent Edmonds. So out of one hundred fifty lineups, he killed most of them because like Gaskin, Chubb, Elliott, Eckler, Kamara, he was rotating a lot of running backs. Oh yeah, that's what it looks like. Ayuk, twenty-two percent. Look, he had Ayuk. He had more. Renfro, Devonta Smith, Devonta, he had plenty of Devonta Smith that just ended up not being in that line, mm-hmm. right? Even though that was a, a charge. So like, if you went, if you looked at this lineup and you said, wow, he played a, a, a naked single Herbert Allen with no, wow, he decided to do no runbacks with his chargers. But that wouldn't be true. Most of his chargers stacks had runbacks because he had uh, Devonta Smith in, ha- in, in a quarter of his lineups. Just so happened that Jalen Waddell was in this lineup instead of Devonta Smith, right? The Giants defense instead of the Chiefs defense, right? So this is the reason why I don't like studying individual lineups because like this without the context of the entire portfolio doesn't mean anything, right? Baseball, it's like, oh, I'm what what made you decide to play a Pittsburgh five-man stack? It's like, I didn't, I have only had two of them. Right, because I'm playing fourth. I'm playing sixteen stacks, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll play two five. Like, it, it, if it shows up, it shows up, type of thing. Mm-hmm. As long as it fits the lineup constraint of projection versus ownership. So I'm I'm taking my the account out of it of like, well, what do I think of this player? I don't think anything. All I know is I have numbers, and I'm piecing the numbers together. So as long as I'm making good decisions based on the numbers that I have, that's the only thing that I can control. James, you're making decisions based on the numbers you have. And that's the only thing you can control. Anyone that's watching and listening, you can only make the best decisions for the numbers that you have. <clears throat> now, if you subscribe to Roto-Grinders, which you can click on the link and get $10 off your first month, like I know the numbers you're looking at. So if, you're, if you tell me that you don't have your own projections and you're like, I subscribe to X, Y, and Z and something, and can you take a look at my lineups and tell me if they're good for this contest? I'm able to do that because I now I, I know what you're looking at. I go, based on these numbers, why'd you play this guy? I don't know. It's like, well, because these lineups are projected way too low and they're too high owned mm-hmm. for this contest. It's like, well, I don't know how I got to the. It's like, well, you did something wrong. Some of these lineups are good. Some of these lineups, probably minus EV. But only because I know the information you look at. If I looked at your lineups, if you built 150 and I saw you had 88% Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'd be like, James screwed up somewhere. Yeah. Based on what I'm looking at, but once you but once you tell me you have a 17 point projection for him, I say two things. One, uh, I should probably you should probably look into that, uh, <laughs> right? And number two, I can't judge you for the decision because yeah, because if I had a 17 point player at 4400 at one percent own, he would have been an 88 percent of my lines. Really quick, I know that you don't like talking about projections, but really quick, what do you think that? Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. Hold on, I got a spell. Did you have the pace of the game higher? Did you have the play rate in that game higher? Pass rate higher? Hold on. I mean, you had to have so many things higher to get ten more points as a median outcome. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll tell you here in a sec. I, I got to load back up the the one that I had for for game day. Yeah, that one. 
enable, restore. Okay, so all right. So Don can you just can you just, just explain to me how you get to seventeen points for DPJ? Yeah, so it has to be a multi. It has to you have to have his target share higher. You have I to have the his, pass rate higher. You have to have share. everything higher. I had his target share at seventeen percent for Cleveland. How many passes did you have for? Cleveland yesterday. I had done I had him projected for 17%. He ended up with 16%. So his A dot on 21 passes. That's that's but his A dot, and I I don't think that I had their I don't actually think that I had their uh their passes that high. When I look at how many how many pass how many plays did you have projected in that game? I had Cleveland for 35 pass plays. So I had it over. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's still not that high. No, it's not that I'm high. Still, I'm, I'm just trying to figure to out how you get to a 17-point median. I'm trying to tell you if you'd stop talking for a second. Okay, but you're still you're, not getting, you're giving me stuff that makes it even worse. Right, but what I'm telling you is that if I had him for 16% of the market share, the only thing I can do is project that for 35% of the passes and an dot of like 19. And that's why. If he catches four passes at 19 yards, that's... 80 yards. Yeah, that's 12 that's, points. That's how. Right. That's 12, but plus, that's 12. That's plus, not 17. Plus he has some of the touchdown equity. Right, so plus 300 on a touchdown line. Uh, I, think that's <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's I think that's I think that's poor process, though. Uh, that's, that's fair. That is okay, fair. Okay, okay, okay. At least you'd say that's fair. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. At least I understand that. You're, you, you, just, you just said how many, how many pass plays, how many target share, and then you multiply it by the A dot and just assume that that's his average of. But you have to know that the higher a dot passes are the mo- are less catchable. So how many? I, I have pass- that in there too. I have okay, there. and also the reason that the higher a dot passes are also most volatile, mm-hmm. as far as you know, it could be thirty six yards or it could be nothing. It could be it, right. The, you're if there's less, and I, and uh, I have my a dot trade in there too, and I have okay. Baker Mayfield's completion percentage in there too. I have everything in there. I promise. I still, I just don't see how you get to that. I get the seven. I, I know, I know. That's why it's the weird one of the week. That's why we like this segment. But it's, but it's always one person. It's never like multi. It's never like you say, oh, well, I had DPJ at seventeen, and I had Rondell Moore at twenty-two or something. And like that, that is why when we have these discussions, I'm not self-conscious about my projections because when we go through the other projections, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then there's one. There's one that is wild. So. If one is wild, I'm not going to change the entire rest of the projection set. I'm right, just going to well, let that, that one be and say, oh, well, that's the weird one this week. And then, like, tell people, well, this is the weird one this week. Don't go crazy on it. But if it says this, then take a shot. Right. But you have to admit you're looking at that going that. I, and I do. And every right, week, you I'm do. like, okay. all right, this guy. Right. We're not <laughs> arguing. Right. Some people in the chat are arguing as if, like, like you're trying to justify it. It's like, no, I know Whoa. how it got there. And I don't even agree with it. But it's the only one out of right. out of four hundred players that I'm project. All the other players are projecting within a range that, at least, is somewhat reasonable within other people's models. Right. And this is one that stands out. So you, it's it's very similar when people like like will say in our in our Discord, like, uh, this projection is wrong. It's like, well, if that's wrong. Then everything is wrong. So you can't say that one guy's projection is right and another guy's projection is wrong. It's either right. the model is good or the model is bad. And so if, occasionally and me, you'll get outliers, mm-hmm. 
and if you I, can if redact get, from there. If if we're looking at it and we have these discussions where it's like, okay, well, ninety seven percent of the players are within an acceptable range, and then we have these weird guys. It's like I'm fine with ninety seven percent. That's really really good. So and then you have, to de- you have to decide whether or not to take a shot on the outliers or not. Sometimes, right. But sometimes the outliers are in the other direction. Everyone's projecting some guy to be really good and you have him for like six points. Yes. You go, I don't know why. I don't know why everyone has him for 12. Yeah. And then I'll end up fading him. And then Bobby Portis puts up 45 fantasy points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. People can get your stuff paid dirt DFS.com. Yeah, paydirtdfs.com, um, and then paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter if you'd like to berate me for the uh, the Donovan Peoples-Jones projection. And, um, yeah, esports, like, League of Legends just finished up, but Counter-Strike is still going, and League of Legends will be back in about a month and a half. So come come get the esports projections, too. Okay. Uh, Bob Bass, feel free to not watch the show if you don't understand how to review lineups. You can feel free to learn most of this stuff, theoryofdfs.com slash masterclass. Uh, you go uh, get the 15 hour audio DFS masterclass theory of DFS.com. Uh, cause, uh, Bob, let's talk about how Landry only got 4.7 points. What's the point of that? All you have to do is review your decisions. Okay. So like I said, you're more than free. If you don't get, I mean, I, there's thousands of people that get everything out of, out of this show. And if you don't, you're more than likely to hit the, hit the thumbs down button and, just don't show up. And life is hard. Yeah. Right. Because uh, I think the exercises that we went through, I, I think it's more likely that we do more of that. Yeah. On a week to week basis. Yeah. Because all you can do, I'll repeat it again, the information you have and you build lineups from it. There's no, there's nothing that I could talk about that has anything to do with football. Okay. You make money off of mathematics. So you have math. And people, I, I've, I've had people, James, send me their lineups and do just that. Say, I built 150 lineups and I'm, I'm consistently losing. And first off, I say, I say, you're going to lose 95% of the time. So that's normal. And they say, I use X projections. I use X ownership and uh, I'm not doing well. I, I, I seem to, I'm losing 90% of my money every night. And it's like, that, that's weird. Like you shouldn't be losing 90%. Like, a losing night should you should still get plenty of minus 15%, you know, like whatever. And then they send me and I go, uh, next slate, send, send me, send me your CSV of the, of the 150 lineups that you, you played. And I take a look at these lineups and I go, I, uh, and they like, I use these projections and I go, I don't understand how you got to these. Like, I just like, like, dude, like these are all like, there's all, the, all these lineups are like 25 points lower projected than like, anything else that I even played in large field GPPs. And I'm like, how'd you, why do you have 87% of, uh, of the eighth guy on, on this team that was projected for 18 points for 3,100. And it's like, well, he was, a, I mean, like, and you go through and you go, well, I don't, I, I, I you have to explain to me how you got to this. Cause I, I don't even understand. It's like, no, I, well, I compared projection and ownership and he had the highest number for whatever. So I just jammed him into 88% of my life. like, like, why? Like, there was like 17 players in that range that, you know, if, hey, if you wanted to do that and play a 30, a couple of $3,100 players, you could, you could do it. But like, it's, if he sent me those lineups and he didn't tell me where he got information from, how am I, to, am I, I can't judge. I could just say, I, like, why, why'd you play that guy for 3,100? And it, it, 
And most people don't even understand why they did or didn't. And they say, well, they projected. Well, and how do I refute that? Other than say, well, according to my projections, he projected for, for, for just nothing, for 15 to 18 points. Like in NBA, that's not going to cut it. And they go, well, I, where I, uh, they seem to project. Well, I, I can't help anyone from there. So that's why the information that you have, we're getting past that. That's the point of the review. Because we could spend, we could spend uh, eight hours, James, going over, why'd you have Tyreek Hill at X and, and why did I had him? And I can't explain why, because I don't make the projections. So there's no point. All I could do is make the decisions based on the information that I have. So I just want to, I just want to highlight that. There's a little extra long show since I'm going to be gone for the next three days. But I like, I just don't understand how that, that James, that the exercises we did from the beginning, comparing the lineups and comparing the ownerships of just your one lineup, like it, it cashed, it didn't do well. It had an overprojected guy in there, but even without, even if you took out his overprojection, I still think, I still think it was a fine, it was fine. I like the, the only the only criticism I had was if you take out the over projection, I think there were better lineups you could have played, but I don't think this was a bad. Lineup. Yeah. And I think that like the 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 player that you could have plugged in there would have been Hunter Renfro for the industry. Right. And he would have made that lineup make sense across the board. Yes. Right. Well, at 50K, you'd have to find salaries somewhere. So no, what what I would have done is to basically put 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 Gaskin down to Edmonds, yep, and then Peoples Jones up to Renfro, and then that yep. would that would have been I mean that would have been a kind of a lineup that I would have built if yep. I was playing Raven Stacks. But that's the difference a two v two like. But the thing is, is that my lineup isn't. It's not like my lineup's good, your lineup's bad. It's they're both my good, lineup's like, better. I, I think my lineup's better, but your lineup's still good. Right. And then we could get, I mean, obviously you can make a thousand lines like that. Okay. Pater underscore DFS on Twitter, on Blender HD on Twitter, as always. Uh, Like I said, programming note, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's no DFS pregame show. I'm, I'm going on vacation for the next three days. So you won't find a YouTube video for it. Please don't DM me. So asking, you know, no show today, whatever. Like if you watch every day, you, you should know that. There's, there's nothing. I've said it in the beginning. I've said it at the end. There's no show until Friday. And we'll be back to talk uh, more NFL, I guess, NBA then. People like the MMA stuff, I guess, for casual Friday. So for, for James McCool, I'm Jordan Cooper, as always, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>